0: Chronic lateness. Hello, cubicle cut off, open space overdue, corner office out of luck, home den delayed, and coffee shop sluggish. My name is Brock Armstrong, and I am not the workplace hero. We're actually on that trajectory together, you and I. You can think of me as your very chatty co-pilot. Now before we get started, if you enjoy this podcast and the tips and strategies it contains, I encourage you to visit skywalkerfitness.ca. This is the wellness coaching business that I run. And whether you're wanting to slim down, run a 10K or a marathon, race in a triathlon, pack on some muscle, clean up your diet or get ripped, I will create a plan for you. No cookie cutter programs allowed, just 100% tailored programs that fit around your life's commitments. And for being a workplace hero, I will give you a special deal on your first three months of coaching. So head over to skywalkerfitness.ca and send me a note mentioning this podcast episode about lateness so I can start building you the perfect program to meet all your wellness goals. All right, let me set the stage for you. It's Monday morning. In a surprise turn of events, you wake up feeling great. You had a fun weekend of good sleep, good food, fresh air, and exercise, and aside from that one drinky drink you had with dinner on Saturday night, you adhered to your long-term plan extremely well. Sadly, something goes wonky with the kids, or you take too long chatting with that cute barista, or doing your morning journaling, or maybe just spacing out on your coffee cup, and you find yourself, well, running late. Not again, you think to yourself. I hate being late. For a decent percentage of us workaday grumblers, three little words habitually accompany our entrance to work, a meeting, a luncheon, or even getting home from work, and they are, sorry, I'm late. (laughs) Does this sound like you? A ton of studies have looked into why some of us are chronically late, and the truth is that there are many reasons why people just can't get somewhere on time. But there seems to be one common thread running through the behavior of chronically late individuals that may be a universal reason for their perpetual tardiness. And let me tell you, it's a surprising one. People are late because they don't want to be early. Hmm. Most of us know people who are on time because they hate being late, and I fall smack dab into that category. In fact, I'm kind of freakishly scared of being late. I often arrive places, well, embarrassingly early, which sometimes prompts me to actually go and hide out somewhere around the corner, playing on my phone, just so people don't notice how early I actually got there. Because people like me hate to be tardy, we always appear to be on time, even if it's because we hid in a stairwell playing crazy Cupcakes on our phone for 20 minutes. But just as we hate to be late, another cohort hates to be early. And if you ask them, these anti-early birds say that they really want to be punctual, they just prefer to be right on time rather than be early. So why does this second group hate to be early? Well, there are many reasons, but here are a few that I found over at psychologytoday.com. Number one, it's inefficient. Being early requires having to sit around with nothing to do or play on your phone like I do. The waiting time is usually short enough that you can't really get into another project, and as soon as you do, well, the time is up. Number two, they hate the uneasiness of being early. They feel awkward and uncomfortable waiting. They might even feel as if others are watching and judging them, whether this is true or not. Arriving a few minutes early makes you feel proud and confident, but arriving too early can make you feel foolish. You fear that others might think that you have, well, no life aside from this one event, and they don't want people to think that their time isn't valuable either. Number three, there is an opportunity cost associated with getting somewhere early. Just as someone else's time is valuable and you want to respect it by being punctual, so too is your time valuable and you'd rather use it productively than wait around inefficiently. This is a behavior that I saw time and time again with a CEO friend of mine. He was so obsessed with not wasting a moment of his day that he would often see a three-minute window as a chance to get just one more call done, which inevitably took longer than the three minutes and it would start a cascade of lateness for the remainder of that day. And number four, sometimes you don't want to be early to be polite. You may not want to disturb someone by getting there too soon, say a friend's dinner party. So you'd actually rather get there, well, a little late. In an article at the Huffington Post called This Is Why You're Late All The Time and What To Do About It by Diana Delonzer, who's the author of Never Be Late Again, she says lateness is really a commonly misunderstood problem. Yes, it's a rude act, but I've interviewed hundreds of people, and the vast majority of late people really dislike being late. They try to be on time, but this is something that has plagued them throughout their lives telling a chronically late person to be on time is like telling a dieter, don't eat so much. And it's often a problem that begins early in life. For many people, it started in childhood. And to top it off, they're late for not only things that have to do with other people, but things that will only truly hurt themselves. I mean, they show up to the gym, for instance, 10 minutes before it closes. Or sometimes they're even late for important appointments like job interviews. Okay, this is cool. Part of Delonzer's research for her book included a test to measure the differences in how timely and late people perceive the passage of time. The test she devised is a simple one, and you can actually try it on yourself. Choose three or four pages in a book, mark the time, and start reading. Stop reading when you think that 90 seconds have elapsed, and then check your watch to see how accurate you were. Delonzer found that early birds almost without fail stopped reading before 90 seconds had passed while the laters put their books down well after the 90 second mark. And researchers at Cleveland State University also included a time perception test in their lateness study, this time using a stopwatch. Interestingly, their results were similar to Delonzer's. The late people consistently underestimated the passage of time. Now, there are many, many more studies and papers and opinions and theories as to why people are chronically late, but we don't have time to get into this or I'll, I'll make you late. Um, but what we will do is look at five potentially helpful strategies that you can implement if you are one of those always in a hurry and yet always late individuals. And yes, if you are a late person, this is your homework. Number one, reevaluate how long your routines really take. Late people tend to remember the one time that they got ready in 20 minutes instead of 40, or the one time it took them seven minutes to get to work instead of 15, try writing down your daily habits and then estimating how long you think they will take. Then spend a week or so writing down how long each thing actually takes. It's time to relearn how to tell time. Number two, change your thoughts, not just your behavior. Reframing the way you think about punctuality can be an effective cognitive trick. Instead of stressing about it, sit down with a pen and paper when you're not in a rush and jot down all the positives that can come with being on time. Now, this is from Terry Boudreau, a clinical associate professor of behavioral sciences at Oklahoma State University. You might write, for example, that being timely will make you look more responsible, or it'll stir up less conflict with your coworkers. Think about the things that are going to motivate you to be on time, and then remember them the next time you're trying to cram in too much before a deadline. Number three, get down with downtime. Eternally tardy people, particularly those like my CEO friend that I described earlier, Often like to pack in as many activities as possible to maximize productivity, which can make any extra waiting time, well, uncomfortable. One option for coping is to plan out an activity that you can do when spare minutes creep up. But avoid things like email or returning phone calls as those can easily expand beyond the time available and then, well, you're right back where you started. Now, my favorite option is to reframe downtime as something to enjoy between all the rushing. Luxury time instead of wasted time. A big part of the enjoyment of life is, well, just sitting back, talking to the person next to you, looking at the sky, or just spacing out. I mean, never underestimate the value of a good space out. Number four, budget your time differently. Timely people will give themselves round numbers to get somewhere, like 30 minutes, for instance. The chronically late, on the other hand, often budget exact times, like 23 minutes to get somewhere. And that's a habit that Delonzer calls split-second timing, which doesn't account for the inevitable delays that inevitably pop up. If you're magically arriving exactly on time, well, that means you engaged in this split-second timing, and you probably should not consider yourself on time unless you're actually a few minutes early. Hmm. And number five, reschedule your day. Habits, well, they tend to be reflexive patterns of behavior, and what we need to do is change that pattern. And to do that, you can start writing appointments down 30 minutes before they actually happen, which will help you start planning before, well, before the last second. This is kind of like purposely setting your clock 10 minutes ahead to try to fool yourself into being early. Another way to reschedule your day is to reevaluate your to-do list. Chances are, if you're always late, you're one of those people who's simply not going to get everything done on your to-do list. And For more information about to-do lists, check out the Workplace Hero podcast episode at workplacehero.me slash to do. It's a bit of a listener fave. If you're trying to motivate someone else to stop being chronically late, remember that while Benjamin Franklin espoused the virtues of being early to bed and early to rise, there have always been others who agree instead with Franklin D. Roosevelt, who said, I think we consider too much the good luck of the early bird and not enough the bad luck of the early worm. (laughs) Well, as an early person, I find that statement pithy and fun, but it also kind of irks me. In 2013, HuffPost blogger Greg Savage asked the question, how did it get okay for people to be late for everything? And if the 350,000 Facebook likes and counting on that Facebook post are any indication, He's not the only one wondering. This is what Savage wrote. It's simply that some people no longer even pretend that they think your time is as important as theirs and technology makes it worse. It seems texting or emailing that you're late somehow means you're no longer late. Rubbish. You are rude and inconsiderate. But (laughs) while the behavior of keeping someone waiting on us is, well, decidedly rude, doesn't necessarily mean your tardy friend is doing it on purpose, or that he or she is a rude, inconsiderate person. In fact, as we've explored and learned here today, there are many psychological and perhaps even physiological components that can contribute to being perpetually late. Which leaves me at a very unsatisfying impasse. You know, I want to shake my fists at the late people and somehow punish them into changing their ways, but I know that's not going to work. But at the same time, I don't want to just shrug it off and try to be okay with being the one who has to call the hospital emergency rooms looking for his missing friends. At this point, my workplace heroes, I have no answer for you. Other than to say, thank goodness I have more than just solitaire to fiddle with on my phone. And now, well, I guess I'll just cue the sound effects and take us home. Workplace Hero is researched, written, narrated, and recorded by me, Brock Armstrong, in On Time, Vancouver, Canada. Artwork by On Time, Ken Cunningham, and music by my, well, late band, The Irregular Heartbeats. And in case you're curious, you can actually find our one album over on iTunes and CD Baby, if you want to hear more. Now, go make this week an on time one. Your eyes told me all in there, listening, the halo of Cupid's bayonets. The charge of this emotion's got you bristling, but a loved one never loses or forgets. As much as I am overwhelmed and flattered, I wish I could say this really mattered. Missed out on the rush. I'm feeling the crush And I don't feel the way that you do You're so sweet, but I can't share this love Yes, you're so sweet, but I can't share this love